0: Welcome to Side of Design from BWBR, a podcast for those who are passionate, curious, and obsessed about the performance of organizations and the people in the facilities that power them. We're happy you're joining us for these discussions on the topics and issues reflecting how we heal, learn, work, research, play, and pray. In essence, how we live, all with a Side of Design. I'm Coral Digatano, your host for this episode. On our last episode, I spoke with Jennifer Stukenberg about returning to the workplace after disruption forced them to quickly transition to a work-from-home model. We discussed the cultural impacts, power of routine, and how workplace design is supporting flexible working programs. Today, Jennifer is back to talk more about the hybrid work model and what to expect and plan for. So thanks for coming back, Jennifer, for part two episode. Thank you. First, I wanna talk about remote work versus in the office. What are the benefits and what's missing?
1: Well, in the beginning of the pandemic, we saw some really surprising scores on productivity and, of course, well-being, and they have, for the most part, continued to remain fairly high. We are seeing some indicators of drops in Mm -hmm. workers feeling connected to company culture and to other co-workers, not surprisingly, as well as seeing quite a large drop in skills developments and learning. So therefore, for the majority of workers, there are real benefits to physically coming into the office. And companies will likely see a benefit from both allowing staff the choice to work from home and to encourage staff to work in the office part of the week.
0: Mm -hmm. When you're talking about a drop in skills development and learning, could that potentially be more to do with not having conferences or all of those types of things where a lot of people go to, to get their credits and continued education and so on uh, versus being in the office. Do you think that could have caused a decrease? Absolutely. And as companies start to navigate this new normal,
1: they will, they've already started to modify a lot of their training programs, um, especially onboarding to accommodate a more online or remote work strategy. In fact, some early studies have indicated that, One of the things that employers are doing really well is onboarding new employees. It used to be, I know when I started at BWBR 25 years ago, it was, we met with Angie and HR and went through that. And then I met with IT folk and then I was given a manual to (laughs) to kind of learn like the protocols and and then you got introduced around. But um, here's your app.
0: Here's a map. Here's the bathroom.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, and now it's very purposeful. You know, now we have a complete, um, you know, scheduled activities, social events, Mm -hmm. um, all the training is done very, very purposefully and other companies are doing the same. So we're seeing a lot of satisfaction scores with onboarding and then those people feeling like they are connected. So it'll be interesting to see what's the result of people just not physically being able to be together or cutting costs during the pandemic, or what is the result of just that, you know, informal learning that happens from being working next to other people. We also had an interesting pilot that we did last summer and we've continued with some of our interns Um, in the architecture design community. You know this, Coral, Mm -hmm. it's hard, it's very hands-on. You learn a lot. sitting next to architects and designers on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And for someone who's still in school learning, um, there's there's not a lot of that you can do. Um, so our interns were all remote. Um, mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know out there, um, and we literally would open a, a Zoom meeting window and we would have them work side by side on the ca- you know, camera, both of them on cameras, two people um, met, oh. paired up with a more advanced um, interior designer or architect.
0: Yeah, but not only were they remote, Jen, they were all over the country. Yes. we could we could bring in interns from anywhere. There was it was limitless, um, and so that was that was awesome because not only could they have exposure to a different part of the country, a different firm, but we did. You know, we had access to people just um, from different states, different cultures. I, I had a blast getting to know our interns last summer.
1: Yeah, and um, that really really opened doors from a. Um, equity, diversity, and uh, diversity, and you know, just outreach for right. our companies. No longer are we constrained by the schools that serve us in our metro or three metro areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the talent pool uh, really opened doors for us, and in our exposure as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the remote work, the the Zoom has just really opened up doors in every market sector, um, where it's just become more normal. For everyone. Okay, well then I have a question. What should companies be focusing on as they return employees to the office or they start developing hybrid fo- programs? Yeah.
1: No not surprisingly, the first thing that companies should really be focusing on the people.
0: Even in the last
1: several months,
0: uh, recruit
1: and retain has been just Companies are really focused are really focused on that and concerned about getting skilled worker. Mm-hmm. And people are moving. There's a lot of movement going around. So during the pandemics, companies did a great job of being flexible, empathetic, and focused on well being. They spent a lot of time and energy communicating with staff, and you know employees now expect that from their employers. Um, and in return, workers have been productive. Kept the doors open, and some even took pay cuts to prevent layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this new tight labor market, those companies will continue to have to value that people first approach. We talked a little bit in our the previous podcast about how the pandemic really hit younger workers and families and women particularly hard, and all for very different reasons. So mm-hmm. that one size fits all approach is not going to work, or it will leave some workers behind, and companies can't afford. To do that, so that's going to be why allowing employees the choice of when and how they work, combined with a hybrid flexible model, will likely be a popular solution for most companies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear about it quite a bit, but I also talked to some people that ha- they're like, "What is hybrid? What is that? We don't have that. We just went back to work, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so well, then, I are, think yeah.
1: Well, as to Go say, hybrid. You know, a lot of people understand the hybrid because they're. If you've got kids, you probably went through hybrid <laughs> school right. where you spend part of your time at school and part of your time in the office. Um, or companies did that in order to de-densify the work mm-hmm. environment to get people spaced out at safe distances. So, you know, only having part of your workforce in, in the during the week, um, this would be by choice, will likely happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so then hybrid. If we're going to go with hybrid, what are some of the modifications that a company needs to think about?
1: Definitely technology. Everybody is adding and investing in video capability to almost all spaces. The new norm will be for many companies, video first. Um, If if you try to give a presentation to a group of people and they don't have their video on, it is really difficult to read the room and to, to actually be productive in meetings. So they're going to have to be providing this technology in a very user-friendly format. <laughs> We're not all technologically savvy, and we have to pay attention to acoustics and camera placements, lighting, all that. There's a, There also is a sense that this video is here to stay and will likely replace the regular calls. Mm-hmm. Employees also want more control over their environment, so control over those visual and audible distractions that they've had this last year working at home. Control over how much stimulation like I'm I like to go in the office because I like a little bit of busyness around me on certain days when I'm feeling drained Mm -hmm. ergonomics. uh, I think a lot of people miss their nice um, sit to stand desks and their good chairs and then even temperature and lighting. I like the fact that my office isn't freezing at home. (laughs) So um, I'm more comfortable, right? So in in order to do that, employers will likely offer a range of work settings that offer more individual control. Everything from access to private focus rooms that a lot of employees never had before to more collaborative areas. So a couple of other modifications would be just that, as we talked before, the shift away from private individual spaces you know open benching and open cubes you know just seas and sees of cubes you're not going to see that much anymore you'll see a little bit of it but it'll be a lot of individual focus rooms mm-hmm. and collaborative spaces
0: okay let's talk about a schedule for workers you know if they're mm-hmm. if they're going hybrid what does that look like i mean is are they going to have different schedules every day do you think it's going to be more routine because you know we talked in the last episode about about routine the power of routine so what are the benefits to having that routine and being able to go in and out with a different schedule?
1: Well, the benefits of the routine, obviously for the worker allows them just to you know, be able to concentrate and focus on the work at hand. But the problems that are going to result from this hybrid work are you're going to want to go in to maybe connect. Like Coral, I'd, I'd want to come in and schedule a day and connect with you. But Mm -hmm. unless I plan for that, (laughs) you may not be in the office. So we are going to see, and we already have a lot of the scheduling platforms, apps, easy to use apps that allow people to check out spaces. But also when you walk in, you can, you know, see where, where you're sitting, or Mm -hmm. we may choose, I may choose to check out a room next to you. There are some privacy concerns about that, but Quite frankly, it's no more than I walk around the office and I know where you are. So, right. um, you know, it's mm-hmm. just going to be in a, in a different format so we can identify where and find people. So, a lot of people who haven't been part of a, a flex environment, which means that you have an or an unassigned work environment, that's one of the the change items that people struggle with and have mm-hmm. the fear of is how can I find people? And these apps really do a lot to help. Mm. They also help with distractions because what happened in their old environment is some people wander around and just bug people quite frankly, <laughs> right. right? And so right. I, mean, I, I know there's times when I popped in on your desk and you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get something done, John. Whereas <laughs> now we're much purposeful, right? And I would be like, you know, sending you a text saying, Coral, do you have time? I have a question. And you may say, well, I'm working on something right now. Can you stop by in, in an hour? And I'll be like, sure. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this is all really good for American workers being a little more considerate, mm-hmm. being more purposeful is going to, it's going to benefit everybody.
0: Right. Cause it sounds to me like these apps, cause I, I would think if I wanted time with someone, I would look at their calendar and I would schedule time, but it might be overkill when you're looking for a five minute conversation. So just dropping by is really helpful. Or we've in the past, you know, we've used teams or in in some sort of internal chat technology. And I know with that, we would have our location on there, but you had to be sure to update that or some people don't even log into it. Right. So it's, it's going to be whether or not it gets used, but I think in time, as people get more and more used to this, this work environment, I think it might be utilized more. Do you think?
1: Yeah, I do. And I think it's it's going to be part of the success. I mean, bigger companies have been have been used to this more because they, you know, it isn't you're not all on the floor and you can't Mm -hmm. stand up from your desk and see if someone's available. And there is, there still is gonna be people that just wanna casually walk over, you know, a lot of companies that are built on consensus building and gathering input, you know, those highly collaborative work environments. Sometimes there's difficult conversations and scheduling a meeting can be A little, um, maybe too heavy-handed, or feel more like a reprimand. And so, I do know that just wandering over and you know having a casual conversation does Mm kind of ease the blow of a tough topic. Or if I just want to bounce ideas off someone, um, I I may not know who to ask, and I may happen upon someone and ask their opinion, and that gives me an opportunity to forge a new relationship with them, Mm -hmm. get their opinion, and then you know we all we all like to work with people we know because it's easier to communicate. I know how to communicate with you. I know when you give me a response, how like what to expect from that and how to you know how to respond back and so that's that is those social spaces and that's being in person, those casual conversations. That's what helps develop those skills that we need to work in a teaming and collaborative work environment.
0: Right. Well, and that now that you get to that point One of the things that I love and respect so much about BWBR is that we have such a strong collaborative team environment. And, you know, before I even came here, that was something that I just admired about our firm. That being said, we've taken our Zoom calls and our remote working to another level. We collaborate, but we're we're keeping it equitable by asking staff if you are if you're in a team meeting and say you have five people in a conference room working on a project, but two people are working remote that day. And they're on Zoom, we ask that everyone have their cameras on, their, their laptops in front of them, so that those people working remote, everybody is in a square on the screen. And you know, everybody's communicating that way. So they're not detached from the people in the room. You're communicating your face to face kind of, you know, through the through the screen. And I think that's that's a step in the right direction. Will it take off and will it stay that way? I don't know, but I think it's definitely worth working on, right? And it's a good starting point. So my question then is. Where does equity fall into all this and why is it so important?
1: Well, we, we have three branches. And like you said, we didn't know before the pandemic how badly they were suffering from that remote mm-hmm. work experience. So as an organization, when you look at allowing your employees to you know, be the best and perform the best to their ability, that equity absolutely needs to be front of mind. But it, it goes beyond just the people at the room. It is a whole cultural shift of hearing all the voices equally, and that the loudest voice, and I'm often one of them, (laughs) loudest voice is not always the best idea. It's just the Mm -hmm. loudest voice. Other tools such as Miro, some digital platforms, um, utilizing teams to keep track of minutes and conversations outside of meetings is a great way to reach those people who may have missed the meeting or you want to include but not include in the meeting. And so they can join in on a conversation. They can go into, we do this a lot. We'll have a project mural board. Um, we may have a workshop where we post things and people can go in ahead of time, think about it, add their content. We have a meeting where we discuss it. And then after the meeting, they can continue the conversation. The benefit of, you know, we all want equity because it's the right thing to do, but we want equity and diversity because it makes us all better. Our companies better, our society's better. Um, it's that diversity of of ideas has been proven over and over again the key to success. And so just a, a real, you know, more than a commitment, but you need to move it forward. It's it's more than mm-hmm. a passive, you know, thing. It needs to literally be what are you doing to be more, you know, inclusive. And, and then everyone, everyone enjoys that. And everyone can see when you're being inclusive. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they feel that as part of your culture. You know, I, I also want to touch on a little bit about offices that we are returning people to, you know, I find it interesting that we're in such a rush to get people back to the offices, but there are some interesting surveys out there that are showing that, that people are rating their home offices fairly successfully. And so one study by Leisman, was I think over 840,000 employees asked them to rate their home office, and they 83% of them said that their homes enable them to work effectively. That was compared to just 64% of workers say that the office enabled them to work effectively. Can you believe that? Wow, that's they, incredible. I know offices that are made for work are not working. The way they want to. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and it's not a surprise. I mean, we can focus more um, routine tasks are easy, but it's people think we have better meetings at home and it's better for that creative work. The office of course is seen better for hosting clients, for social interacting and learning some of those topics we've already talked about. The key about the study was is when they started to look at different types of workspaces and divide them between high performing workplaces and just kind of average workplaces. The high performing workplaces caused that number to jump a little bit closer to home. So about 78% of workers agreed that their offices now enabled them to work effectively. So, okay. what is that simply put? If you don't have good office space, That supports the tasks that people need to do now, then people won't want to come to the environment because their home offices will likely be performing better for them. So companies are going to have to make some modifications in order to adjust to this evolving way we
0: work. Absolutely. And on that note, if you're looking to make any modifications, Jennifer, how would they get in touch with you? They can contact me at jstukenberg
1: at bwbr.com.
0: Perfect. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our uh, return to the workplace topic for these two episodes. If you missed the first one, go back. There was uh, another one that talked about a few other parts of this topic. Go back, rewind, listen to that one. And all of our content is provided to you free of charge with no advertising involved. So if you like what you hear, do us a favor and share it with your network. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. And let us know what you think about this or any other discussion you've heard. Email us at sideofdesign at bwbr.com. We love new ideas and we love the feedback. Until next time, see you on the other side.